Hello, my name is Matej Glamazina, and you have tuned into episode 18 of the Inbetweeners Checkup. I am joined today with Clinton Young, all the way over in San Diego, who is going to be sharing um, I guess some of his time, his life, his experience with us, uh, and listen, listening to his earlier uh, conversations. Um, I think he has a lot of value to offer the world, and I would like to think that this platform will help to share his message. So over to you, Clinton. All right, Matei, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to actually be on the Inbetweeners Checkup with you. Hey, listen, Clinton, I mean, look, you, you've been talking uh, to people for uh, a while now, um, and I guess sharing uh, what I feel is a message that will resonate with a lot of people, but I guess I'm keen to understand uh, how it all began for yourself and, and what sort of brought you to this point in your life. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a professional speaker. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name's Clinton Young, and I've been an international keynote speaker for the last several years, and I'm also a world-class coach for aspiring speakers. And I'm a self-proclaimed awesome podcast guest. That's yet to be determined. No, I'm just playing, but I, I have been told that several times. So hopefully we'll have some fun today. Uh, but I didn't just pop out of the womb a professional speaker or a coach for that matter, right? Um, I'd always been somebody, Matei, who even before I knew what personal development was, I'd always been someone who really was drawn to doing the things that I was good at and the things that made me feel good, right? I, I feel like at our base human level, like the basic unit of measure, if you will, it's really, it's feeling good. Like that's what we're all here for is to find opportunities for us to feel good and in our careers, there's opportunities for us to do that by discovering our strengths and our weaknesses, discovering our values, discovering what's most important to us, what lights us up. And even before I even knew what personal growth was, I was more into more academic growth, which I do feel there's a difference, yes. right? And, and academic growth, for any of the listeners out there who maybe haven't been yet introduced to personal growth, Academic growth is more like going to school, going to college, watching a YouTube video, uh, reading a book, right? Learning something. And if you liken it to gardening, uh, it's like planting things in your brain, planting things in your heart, planting things in your soul, planting things, right? And it's sometimes you, you like those things and they blossom and they grow. And sometimes you realize you don't like those things and you decide, you know what, I'm not going to not really going to do much more with that. And it, it ends up becoming like a weed in your garden, if you will. Mm -hmm. As I've gotten older, I'm 44 now uh, to date myself, but as I've gotten a little older and over the last probably 10 or 15 years, I've really been immersed in personal growth and development. And what I've discovered is that's more about, if you liken it back to the gardening example, it's actually more like weeding, taking things out of your brain, taking things out of your heart, your soul, your experience of life, figuring out what you don't like, what you do like, and then removing those things. And you start to develop what I call wisdom, right? And what many people call wisdom. And I'm just starting to enter that phase, right? I'm only 44. As you be become older, that's why a lot of people have more wisdom is they just totally know what they like, what they dislike, what they're really great at. And they don't really mess around with anything else. They just get it out of their garden because it's just taking up space. So I say all that to say, um, I didn't really know what 
personal growth was or what weeding the garden was. But I always knew what I liked and what I didn't like. And I always gravitated towards roles like sales roles or uh, speaking in public before I even knew I was a speaker. I'd be the guy that raised my hand to be the leader. Uh, any kind of leadership role, if there was an opportunity to greet people at the door, at my spiritual center, those were always the things that I would raise my hand to do. And I didn't really know why. I didn't have an idea that I had a strength. I wasn't really aware of that. I just was following what felt good. Does, does that make sense so far? Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to be really high level to start and then I'm going to dive in. Yeah. So as your listeners are, are listening to this, I challenge you to start to really look at like, are you really involved in personal growth and development and looking at what lights you up? What are your values? What are your strengths and weaknesses? Or are you just trying to learn something new? And there's nothing wrong with learning something new, right? We can do both academic development and personal development. But what I found after a bachelor's degree in psychology, a master's degree in organizational psychology, um, and a lots of other of that academic learning side, literally thousands and uh, thousands of hours of different trainings, or at least hundreds of hours, various trainings. What I found is there's so much more richness and so much more uh, awareness and opportunity to bring aliveness to my life when I really dive more into the personal development, right? Really discovering who I am as a person. So now I'm going to jump off my soapbox for a second there. I just want to inspire people to really get curious about who you are and what lights you up and what drives you. And along the way, Matei, to really go bullseye to answer your question, like how did I get to where I, I am today as a speaker? Can I tell you a story? It actually is it's a story that, that how this happened. Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to share. So I, I, uh, I, 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 I basically followed my passion and discovered my dream job. You know, one of my dream jobs throughout my career. And it brought me to California from Massachusetts. And I was working for an intercultural consulting uh, company that did large mergers and acquisitions overseas. I was totally passionate about, uh, about culture and about travel and about international business. About a year into it, I realized that I really wasn't so passionate about corporate jobs anymore and really wanted to become an entrepreneur. And I started to look around. I was looking at everything. I was looking at buying a bar. I was looking at uh, becoming a real estate agent. I was looking at multi-level marketing. I was looking at sales opportunities, all these different kinds of business opportunities. And I finally found one and I, and I found a mentor. His name is Justin. So picture this, all right? I'm, I'm in, a, in an office and every week I was working part-time with Justin. Every week, he would have a, a meeting every week and we'd have about 20 or 30 guests and he would always deliver a presentation. It was a sales presentation. And I'd be, I'd be a guy in the, in the, in the audience, high five in shaking hands, kissing babies, being a good audience member. Right. Yeah. And just keeping the energy up. But Justin saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. He saw something in me. And one day he challenged me without asking me, we picture this, we're walking up to the conference room. It's full glass door, full glass walls. There's like 30 people in the conference room. As soon as we get to the door, all 30 people turn to the side and they look out the windows in the door and they see Justin and I. Right at that moment, Matei, Justin turns to me, he flips me the clicker and he's like, you're on today, buddy. He opens the door 
and he walked in the room. So I'm sitting there, standing there, holding this clicker, totally freaking out, like what just happened, right? So I walk in and I'm shaking in my boots. I'm sweating, you know, from my forehead. My chest is all tight. My heart's pounding. I'm like quaking in my boots. And it starts off like an absolute train wreck, <laughs> absolute train wreck, right? And, but eventually I, I settle in and I start to recall some of the things that Justin shared to me over the previous months. And I really started to settle in and I got through that presentation. And, and what I discovered through that presentation is two things. First and foremost, I had a pivotal, pivotal, like quantum leap in my confidence level. I didn't get that much better as a speaker in that hour long presentation, but my confidence level went through the roof about what was possible, about what I was capable of. And what I learned, Matei, was that growth is never comfortable. It's never comfortable, but it's always worth it. And you might write that down if you're listening, if you're taking notes, if you have the ability to take notes, if you're not driving or in the gym right now. Growth is never comfortable, but it's always worth it. So ever since then, I have just really sought out opportunities, almost opportunities to be uncomfortable. And I've really learned to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because what I've also discovered, Matei, is in between the intersection between a, a sort of knowingness, which I call faith, and I don't mean religious faith or necessarily even spiritual faith, uh, that'll definitely help you. But I, what I mean is like this, this childlike confidence. It's almost like a naivete that everything's going to work out. Everything's fine. Everything is always perfect. And it's already done. There's magic in the intersection between this knowingness that anything's possible and then the unknowingness or the fear of not knowing how you're actually going to pull it off. That, my friend, is where the magic happens, right in between. So that moment with Justin on that little stage in that conference room, whoo, where I was sweating bullets, that is where I discovered that's where the magic happens, and I've sought out opportunities. And I challenge everybody to seek out opportunities where you're uncomfortable in areas that you want to grow in. I don't mean go stand in the middle of traffic because you're uncomfortable. I mean, stand in that area where you know you want to grow in, that's going to stretch. That's what I mean. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Sort of like to reflect on what you've just said in terms of my own experiences in life and where I might still, to be fair, have some self-limiting beliefs around where I'm going with things. And, but at the same time, those areas where I have made inroads what's mm. kind of changed the dynamic there and what benefit I guess it's, it's brought to my life you know um, and it's just adapting that to those other aspects that I haven't quite got to yet you know yeah um, but, but yeah I absolutely agree and so in terms of I, I guess that that set that platform for you to and then to expanded out into other areas what what did how, how did you go about that i guess tell me more <laughs> okay well what i'll share there is i i just always sought out opportunities for growth and 
you know, we don't always make all the right choices, do we? You know, sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we do things that can set us back. And sometimes the world just happens the way it happens and we get dealt what we're dealt and we have to be, we have to live with that, right? And, and I'm a firm believer that everything is always perfect. And I know for anyone that's listening that really has been dealt a major blow financially or relationships or loss in the family or, you know, any kind of loss, it doesn't always seem like a gift at the time. It doesn't always seem like it's quote unquote perfect. But what I've really come to discover is that life is always perfect. It's always perfect. There's always something for us to grow through. And there's always a massive, massive gem. And really, we are meant to become who we become by exactly what happens to us. And it's always perfect. So I want to share another story with you. A massive failure, if it's okay with you, I'd like to share with your audience and with you something that like, it didn't seem like it was really a blessing, but it really became a blessing on my journey to really help me get to where I am today as a professional speaker, as somebody that has time flexibility and has the ability to make an impact with others and really do the things that are on purpose for me. Um, if that's okay with you, I'd like to share. Yeah, yeah by all means. So it's 2008. 2009, we all kind of know, unless you just woke up or were born in 2000, which perhaps some of your listeners might have been born in 2000, probably several of them. Uh, maybe you were eight or nine, maybe you were 30 at the time. I, I don't know. Wherever you're out there listening, in 2008, 2009, most of us know that there was a major financial collapse in the world, right? I'm in the U.S. Of course, there was a massive collapse here in the U.S. with the financial institutions. And this was about two or three Actually, you know, it was four years after I started working with Justin. Uh, between my third and my fourth year in 2008 and going into 2009 was my fourth year. And that was the first time I'd ever made six figures. I don't know, some of your audience members probably already made six figures. Some of them are striving to. Some of them don't care about making six figures and have other aspirations. Well, as a mid-20-something-year-old back in the day, that was one of my goals. I wanted to make six figures. And I was able to do that with uh, Justin's guidance and becoming an entrepreneur for the first time. And soon after that, so fast forward, like six figures, traveling the world, ultimate time flexibility, seemingly living the life, introduced to personal growth and development, surrounded by amazing people. My life wasn't perfect, right? But it was pretty awesome. It was pretty good. And all of a sudden, 2008, 2009 happens. And within about two months, Matei, I lose my business. Like it crumbles right underneath me. I lose my credit score. I lose my property. Eight months after I got married. Welcome to the team, honey, right? <laughs> Welcome to the family. Yeah, and I'm sure there's some listeners out there that have had similar situations, whether it was in 08, 09, or perhaps right now during COVID, or some other times in their lives. Um, and, you know, here I am, I find myself uh, at the podium or at the microphone in a 200 person conference. So picture this, there's 200 people in the audience. I'm not delivering the conference, by the way. Okay. I'm not yet a professional speaker, although I've spoken quite a bit at this time, but I'm at the microphone. And by the way, getting nervous at the microphone never goes away. I've done hundreds of speeches all around the world. I still get nervous. And I was definitely nervous that day. 
you just learn how, as you become a professional, you learn how to transmute that energy into inspiration, into passion, into care for the audience, right? And that's what I teach some of the students that work with me as speakers. But that day, I'm still freaking out. Like, I'm, I'm totally confused. I'm totally lost. My confidence is shattered, Mate. Mm -hmm. And you can probably guess why, as I just shared my situation at the time. And I'm at the mic sharing about what I'm dealing with in front of 200 people. And Chris, the, the seminar leader, he looks right at me, Mate, and he's like, Clinton, you're dead inside. And it was like a stake right to my heart. It was like, ugh, and like twisting. And man, he spoke right to my soul. Like he saw, he saw into my soul. Like I was dead inside. And that's why that day, I, I discovered that day that I'd always been someone, Matei, who always followed my intuition. For, for those of you out there who are listening, maybe you don't fully understand what intuition is. It's that knowingness that I talked about earlier. It's like this absolute knowingness. It's not mental. It's not logical. It's like more of a feeling and a knowingness that something is true or something is right. If you've ever gotten the chills, right, when somebody says something, that's usually your intuition saying, yep, that's true. Yep, that's true. That's, I always say, follow the tingles. Write that down. Follow the tingles. It's one of my taglines in my speech. And the tingles are your clues, right? It's like your emotional guidance system, if you will, like a GPS. And that day, I realized I'd always been someone who followed my intuition. I wanted to go in, in, in uh, 2000, uh, 2000, actually. I, I graduated school, and I wanted to go overseas. I just got this inspiration that I had to go to Singapore. My friend was over there, and I just said, I'm going. And I just went. I had no idea why. I had no reason to believe it was possible. I had no financial resources. I just went. And from that, magic and miracles happened. I followed my passion, my inspiration. I was kept an open mind, and I had this massive burst of passion for culture. And that ended up leading me on a path to going back to school and going to graduate school. So always, always, always in my life, when I followed my intuition, everything always worked out. It didn't always work out exactly how I thought it was going to. I'm not trying to paint some utopian world. But like I said, everything's always perfect, right? And when you come at it with that mindset, when your intuition guides you, that is your soul's like purpose. That's your soul drawing you forth to say this, this way, this way, try out, look over here, right? So I had that. And in that moment at the microphone, you're Clinton, you're dead inside. All of a sudden I realized my confidence was shattered, Matei, because I thought my intuition failed me. You see, in 2005, 2006, I bought two properties in San Bernardino, California, thinking it was going to change my life, right? And it, 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 it did. It did. And you know what? Even though it was a seemingly negative experience on the outside, that was a part of my demise, my financial demise, along with the economy kind of going south on us, um, it really would prove to be an amazing experience that would teach me things and allow me opportunities to grow and become the person I am today. And I talk about this now in how I help other people, right? It's exactly perfect how it happened. It couldn't have happened any more perfectly in order for me to become the person I had to become to live my purpose. And it'll make more sense as I continue here. I'm almost done with the story. So 
in that moment, not only did I realize that I thought my intuition failed me, but right out, right behind that came like a flood of knowingness. Holy crap. It wasn't my intuition that failed me. It was me that failed my intuition. You see, I recalled in that moment, like in a flash into my brain, this memory that my intuition said, Clinton, don't buy those properties. Clinton, those guys aren't, aren't quality people. Clinton, don't, don't go in that direction. And I looked the other way. So my confidence was shattered. And the reason why I was having such a challenging time in my life at that time was because my whole model of how I was moving through the world for 27, 28, 29, 30 years up to that point, it was shattered. It didn't work anymore. At least I didn't think it did. And that was the day that I discovered that I had to reignite my human spirit. And that's the name of my keynote speech that I deliver all around the world, reigniting your human spirit. Because I know that a lot of people out there have gone through challenges, have had failures, right? Who have that sort of that pilot light in the gas, you have gas stoves, I'm assuming down where you are. Yeah. Gas stoves, they have that little pilot light underneath the stove. If you've never lifted up the top of the stove, you don't even know it's there. You just know you turn the button and it makes a little click, a spark, and all of a sudden there's fire. Well, there's actually a pilot light, like a little lighter going on underneath there at all times. And my pilot light had gone out and it was almost extinguished. And I had to reignite my human spirit. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping other people, enabling the confidence and the courage to be reborn, right? And to emerge through again so that they can reignite their human spirit and have the courage and confidence to unlock their full potential and live their dream life now. And that's what I do with speakers. I enable the courage and confidence for aspiring speakers to launch their business and become speakers and express their unique message in the world. So that's kind of a little bit more color about how I came to be a speaker. That, that was lovely. I really enjoyed that. And, and look, um, I'm sure you've shared something similar to other people and, and you can appreci appreciate how, how that might resonate. Um, what I'm sort of keen to sort of touch on there is, I mean, you mentioned, I guess, throughout this experience, you know, there were a couple of, of key people who uh, saw things in you that perhaps you weren't aware of at that time. And it was um, a few words at a given time that kind of really hit you and, and made an impact and kind of set you on this new course. Um, and I, I think you, you've probably um, acknowledged those people in, in some form, but I, I guess what I like to sort of think um, more broadly is the fact that, you know, we, we don't get there by ourselves. You know, we have the support of others. Yes, we have to do the work, um, but a little bit of guidance or the right words of encouragement or uh, focus at, at a given time can make uh, real inroads for ourselves. So, you know, many hands make light work, I guess. Um, and we have the ability, the capacity, um, really the responsibility, I think, to 
be able to assist others in their lives, whatever they, they need at any given time. Yeah. So I look, I love, love what you're doing. I love the fact that you're empowering others to be able to also do others. And you know, it, I mean, you, you've, you've planted the seed and it's blossomed and that tree has grown and from that more seeds have blossomed and, and you know, you're, you're spreading the loves, you're spreading the, the light. It's, yeah. it's really great to see. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd like to add on to what you said a moment ago. I think you said something really important. You underscored the importance of surrounding yourself with quality people. And I'd like to share something on that, if you will, uh, if you like. Yes, um, so one of the things that I, I teach the people that, that follow me, and especially my, my speaker, I call it my speaker posse. I have a speaker posse, people that are on the same mission as I am that want to light up the world with their voice. And one of the things I talk about is we all have limiting beliefs, right? Whether you, you touched on this earlier, whether people believe it or not, whether they're aware of it or not, they have limiting beliefs. And one of the limiting beliefs, if they don't think they have limiting beliefs, is that they don't think they have limiting beliefs, right? We all have them. Right? We're born into this world totally free. We're totally like with this absolute like freedom to be fulfilled, to be happy. And something happens to us. And I'm going to give a little bit of psych lesson here. Again, I have a bachelor's in psych and a master's degree in organizational psych. And I've been geeking out on neuroscience for the last 15 plus years. So just to add a little bit of credibility, I'm not the foremost expert in the world, but I know more than the, the average person about psychology and how the brain works. And just to try on, I'm asking, inviting your listeners to try on that, that they have these limiting beliefs that are holding them back from becoming the person they really want to become and that they deserve to become. So if we were to just try that on, when we're little kids, I call it little kid confidence. We all have this little kid confidence, this sort of uh, belief that anything's possible and our parents tell us this all the time and a lot of times we're like yeah 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 whatever it kind of falls on deaf ears but what's crazy when you actually immerse yourself in personal growth and development and you actually start to understand the principles of the world and how the world works like universal principles it's actually true we can do anything that we actually can visualize in our mind it'd be a cruel joke if it wasn't possible for us to actually be able to achieve that but we just have to start to believe it. What happens as little kids though, is something happens, sometimes it's traumatic event, sometimes it's a totally benign happenstance, just a normal occurrence, just somebody says something, it means nothing, but our little kid brains, they're not formed yet fully. The logical side of our brain is not formed. So we have an experience and then we make it mean something. And it gets, whatever we made it mean gets filed away in our brain, in our subconscious brain. And the problem is, Matei, is what we made it mean is not what it actually means. Right? That's where things like, uh, it's not fair. Right? If you've ever heard yourself say this, one of mine is, I'm so stupid. This is so stupid. Right? That's a limiting belief. It's not fair. The world's not safe. Right? I'm not safe. I'm not good enough. These are all very common examples that I've discovered and that I have some of them as well, but I've also discovered around the world that people have these and that's what they stem from. So I invite anyone listening to really do these three things. I want to give a little three tips here about how to uncover your limiting beliefs. Would that be okay with you? If I yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the first thing is 
start to listen to your language. Like listen to the words coming out of your mouth, especially when you're stressed, when you're frustrated, when you're upset, when you stub your toe in the morning, you're gonna say something. And quite often your limiting beliefs are encapsulated in the words that come out of your mouth. So just try that on. Just a quick tip there. There's a lot of other things you can do, but just try that on. Start to become aware. Because as you start to become aware, you start to then see it everywhere and hear yourself saying it everywhere. And that's where the ridiculousness of it actually surfaces. Like, I'm so stupid. It's not true. I got like a 3.96 out of 4.0 in grad school. I'm pretty smart, right? But I, I've said all the time, I'm so stupid. This is so stupid. Can you see how that just is ridiculous? That doesn't make sense. So that was a limiting belief that was unconscious. And I started to hear myself say it. If you can't hear yourself say things, right? Because as you do start to hear them, you begin to have that new awareness and that awareness creates freedom. It starts to loosen the grip of these limiting beliefs on us and they start to dissipate, they start to dissolve. But if you can't hear it in your own voice, start to listen to the people you hang out with most, mm -hmm. right? Now you're not gonna wanna call them out on their limiting beliefs, but just listen. Listen and see if you say the same thing. Because we often hang out with people that we know, like, and trust and we feel safe with. And unfortunately, sometimes feeling safe means not being challenged, staying in the same rut, staying in the same level of consciousness or thinking or, or limiting beliefs. And that just makes us feel safe because it's familiar. Doesn't mean it's good for us. So, and there's this concept, Matei, called the power of five. And I would have you, anyone who's listening, I would really take a listen to this and, and try out this example. The power of five states that a real easy place to measure the power of five is in your income or your net worth. A lot of people say your network determines your net worth. You may have heard that before. Your network determines your net worth. Your network, who you hang out with, determines the level of income that you have. My mentor, Justin, used to say to me all the time, we are, we are products of the books we read and the people we hang out with, period. That's a fact. We're products of the books we read and the people we hang out with. And the power of five states that if you were to look at the top five people you hang out with and you were to look at how much money each one of them makes, and no, I'm not all about making money, right? I'm just showing you a simple example. It's the easiest thing to measure, money. You can do this in any area of your life. Right? So look at the top five people, how much do they make? Add it all up, divide by five. You have an average of the top five closest people you hang out with. The power of five states, Matei, that your income will likely be within 5% of the top five people that you hang out with. When I, when I learned that, I got rid of all my friends. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I, I totally did not do that. Totally did not do that. But again, it was important to me at that time in my life to make six figures. That was a goal of mine. So who did I start hanging out with? People that were making six figures, people that were making seven figures, because that was an area of my life that I wanted to grow and stretch. If you want to be a, um, an entrepreneur, who do you think you should hang out with, Matei? What would you tell the people that follow you? Entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs right? Yeah. If you want to be an author, who do you think you should hang out with? Authors. Authors, if you want to be a marathon person, of course, you want to hang out with people that are running marathons or at least people that run on the weekend, right? Start with that. So I'm, I'm a firm believer that your network not only determines your net worth, your network determines everything. Mm -hmm. 
You want to look at your results? Look at the quality of the people that you hang out with. Look at their results. Look at what they're doing in their lives. You want to up-level your beliefs. You want to up-level your results. Start to up-level your network. So that's tip number two. First one is listen to your language. Second one is up-level your network. All right? And start to hang out with people that are 5, 10, 15 steps ahead of you in whatever area of life is most important to you. And wait till you start to see what happens in your life. You're going to start hearing them say common things. And you're like, wait a minute. And then you're going to start saying the same things. You're going to start to shift your beliefs around what's possible for yourself. And I'm not saying they're going to be perfect in every area of their life. They might be, you know, totally unhealthy with their food diet, but they might be somebody that is really good at an entre as being an entrepreneur. But you can learn from them as an entrepreneur. Don't take their food habits, dietary habits. Take their habits of the thing you, that they're really masterful at. Not everybody's perfect, right? I'm not saying that they are. And then just That's on that, sorry, I think yeah. there's a, an opportunity to possibly have an exchange there where perhaps they can then leverage off your abilities if you perhaps are better in the health side of things. Absolutely. That's a great point. And in fact, that leads to the third, the third uh, strategy here to really be able to up-level your beliefs and to forward your results towards your vision, towards your purpose. And that is to find mentors. Find mentors, find people that are not 5, 10, 15 steps ahead of you, but that are 5,000 steps ahead of you, right? Who are the people that are 5,000 steps ahead of you? I don't, I'm not saying you need to necessarily go and find the CEO of Starbucks and they're your mentor, right? It could just be somebody that's five, he's probably 5 million steps ahead of you if entrepreneurship is important to you or whatever it is for you. It might be staying in your career and becoming having more time flexibility and having more ability to work remotely with this COVID thing, there's going to be a lot of opportunity as we go back to kind of the new normal. There's probably going to be a lot of opportunities for you to position to your employer ways to work remotely. It gives you even more flexibility to work on your purpose and to, to live the life that you truly want to live. Well, find those people that are doing the things you want to do, that are being the kind of people you want to be, and that are having the kind of lifestyle and making the kind of impact in their lives that you want to make and model them write that down guys and gals model them what do i mean i mean copy them right in school they call it cheating in the real world they call it being smart right copy them like i said go where they go be as they be do as they do and eventually you'll have as they have model them you don't need to recreate the wheel. Success leaves clues, as the late great Jim Rohn always said. And we can learn so much from people like Matei, right? Follow him for the things that he's up to in his life, right? Follow people on his show that are doing things that you want to do and model them, right? Up-level your network, discover your limiting beliefs. And man, magic and miracles will start to happen in your life when you do that. There's just so much there, so much value, so so much offering. Um, um, and I guess, you know, I mean, I, I put this out there for others to, to gain insight, but I can um, quite genuinely say that I've taken a lot from this conversation as well, Clinton. So listen, I do, I do want to thank you for, for taking the time to uh, spend with me and, and share that message, not only with myself, of course, but all, to all those other people who are going to be listening out there. Um, if you had to kind of, I guess, leave uh, the audience with one final piece of wisdom, and, and there's been so much already, what, what, what would you like to share? 
I would like to actually share two things. Um, and I would love to share how people can stay in, connect, in contact with me if you're open to that at the end as well. But the of first course. two things I'd like to share, you can never ask a speaker to only share one thing. I have two, <laughs> two little bits here and I wanna share a lot more. But the first thing I'll say is this, it's a six word story that I would write down if I were you and I would put it on your bathroom mirror or your visor in your car, wherever you're gonna see it regularly, your refrigerator. Write this down, it's a six word story that exemplifies everything I stand for and really living a life that is full of passion, that is being fulfilled, that's on purpose. And it's this, it's think big, say yes, and take action. And there's so much in there, there's so much packed in. I could do a, a full day seminar on those six words. Think big, say yes, and take action. And the last thing I'll leave everyone with is this. So many people, like I said, I get the good fortune of speaking all around the world. And I coach people from all around the world as well that want to become aspiring speakers. And they ask me all the time, Clinton, how do you find your purpose? How do, you, how do I find my purpose? And I say this, I say, if you're looking for your purpose, stop. Yeah, they don't normally think I'm gonna say that. I say, if you're looking for your purpose, stop. And I go on to say, it will be revealed to you when you start doing the things that you love, right? If you're looking for your purpose, stop. It'll be revealed to you or it'll show up when you least expect it, when you're not looking for it, when you're doing the things that you love. So this circles all the way back to what I said right in the beginning. What I used to do is find those things that brought me life, that brought me joy, where I could be really good at them. It's kind of like where I found my flow. Find those things where you're in your flow, where when, when you're doing it, time flies by. You're, 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 doing, you're having so much fun when you're doing it and you're adding so much value because it just comes to you easily. Right? Everybody has those things that when they do them, time flies by and you just, you, it just gives you life. It gives you energy when you do them. Do more of those things. For me, it was greeting people at my spiritual center. When I did that, I was just lit up. Like that was just fun for me. I was fully self-expressed. That might not be it for you, right? It might be being behind a computer, studying metrics or putting spreadsheets together. It might be music. It might be, I don't know what it is for you. It's something. But really get hungry to discover that because as you start to be happy and be fulfilled in all these other areas of your life that have nothing to do with your purpose, your purpose, you start to get clarity, you start to create momentum and your purpose is revealed to you. That's exactly what happened to me. And that's what I teach my students. That's, that's great. And, and again, I'm, I'm taking it on board myself. Um, but um, Look, if people want to hear more about you and your message, what's the best way for them to do that? So there's two ways. The first way is they can just go to my website, clintonyoung.com. I'm sure that'll be in the show notes somewhere. It's clinton, C-L-I-N-T-O-N-Y-O-U-N-G.com. And if you've enjoyed how I've shared stories today, how I've delivered some of my message today, um, I've put in thousands of hours. I've hired National Speakers Association Hall of Fame coaches. I've been on hundreds and hundreds of stage and just put in the work, right? And over the last several years, I've developed through my own efforts and my own experience 
and through working with all of these masters of speaking. I've developed the top seven principles to becoming a world-class speaker. So if anyone out there is an aspiring speaker or an entrepreneur with a message and a burning desire to share it with the world, and you just don't know where to go, you don't know how to get started, you don't know what to do to become that type of person. And even if you're not, by the way, by world-class, I don't mean you have to be someone that speaks all around the world. I mean somebody that's truly effective. World-class means effective at impacting an audience, whether that audience is a thousand people or five people on a video or one person face-to-face. -face. There's elements of psychology, spiritual presence, culture, personality, all things that I have a level of mastery of and about seven other disciplines as well. I put together seven, seven, and there's actually a bonus eight tips on becoming a world-class speaker. Only just one of these, Matei, one of these, I literally paid over 5,000 US dollars to get one of these tips. And it's allowed me to produce tens of thousands of dollars, but more importantly, become world-class as a communicator and ability to impact people from stage. And that's only one of the eight that I'm actually gonna give your audience. So if you are that person and you want to become a world-class communicator and speaker, you can go to um, worldclassspeakertips.com. It's totally free. Again, it's worldclassspeakertips.com. You'll get all seven of my top seven principles to become world-class as well as the bonus number eight. And that's my gift to your audience and to you as well. Well, I'm certainly going to take up that offer. So thank you very much, Clinton. And again, thank you for your time. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Bye now.